0: To the To Mom podcast. My name is Valerie Propsfeld. Please join me as we encourage mothers to live their verb while also practicing self-grace. The goal of this podcast is to promote love as an action and live life more authentically. Just think about it. In five generations from now, you will have approximately 30 descendants, and the number keeps getting larger and larger. We have more power as moms than we realize. Motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job in the world. Hey, everybody. So I have my guest here today, and her name is Beth Wheeler. Beth is a licensed pastoral counselor and perinatal mental health specialist. She specializes in perinatal mental health and trauma healing. Beth has a passion for helping moms with emotions and internal dialogue. She offers both in person, virtual, as well as group counseling. In addition, Beth founded Moms Loving Moms. This organization provides free postpartum kits to new mothers in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and it was founded in 2020. Welcome, Beth. I'm so excited to have you today on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to just be talking all things, all things mom and all things perinatal.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I, I love talking all things moms and perinatal. So this is great. Awesome. Well, Beth, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so my name's Beth. I am a counselor, as you said. Um, I am from the Murfreesboro, Tennessee area, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. So Nashville area, for anyone that's unfamiliar. Um, I am a wife to my incredible husband, Andrew. And then I am a mom to two wonderful children. I have a son named Bruce, who is three years old. And then I have a daughter named Emma, who is about a year and a half. Um, They are amazing and keep me on my toes constantly. Um, aside from that, I I've got two cats and a dog. I love coffee. I love chocolate, and those are some some fun facts about me.
0: <laughs> That's amazing, and I I love coffee and chocolate as well. It's uh, I <laughs> need my coffee every day in the morning, and I'm starting to get addicted to Starbucks. I feel like I don't know. Yeah.
1: Do oh my gosh! Star- I know.
0: Is that a big thing in the national areas and more Dunkin' Donuts or do y'all have like a local place?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have all the Starbucks around here. We've got all the, all the coffee places with Starbucks. (laughs) Starbucks is my favorite aside from, you know, just like the local, local coffee places. But I, if I had all of the money in the world, I would go to Starbucks way too much. (laughs)
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Me too. <laughs> so, um, Beth, I just love your organization, Moms Loving Moms. Um, and can you tell us more about that? Like, what? How did that come about? And um, just just some more information about it.
1: Yeah. So it started whenever I had my son um, back in 2020. He was born May, May 2020. Um, And I had a really rough postpartum recovery with him. It was not at all what I had expected or thought it was going to be. Um, I'd planned for, you know, this beautiful natural birth and it was going to be wonderful and all, all the things. And it ended up where I I actually ended up having to have a hospital birth, which was fine. I was really okay with it. But then the labor, I had like a 38 hour labor. It lasted incredibly long and, um, just, it was not what I had planned for it to be. And then just, he was, it it came very close to having to be a C-section. Thankfully Mm -hmm. we were able to get him out without having to make that happen. Um, But with what we had to do, I ended up with like third degree tears. And Mm -hmm. it was just not at all what anyone had prepared me for. Um, And so I ended up leaving the hospital just feeling so unable to take care of myself. I was in so much pain and You know, the hospital gives you things to last you like two or three days, if you're lucky. Not a lot of things. Um, And since I am in the mental health field, I had felt like I had prepared myself for postpartum a little bit. I tried doing my research, you know, leading up to it best I could, trying to figure out what it was going to look like and what I was going to need. And it... So I, I was able to go into it thinking, okay, I needed to order these things that I would kind of researched ahead of time. Um, but I just spent the next few weeks just buying all the things I could possibly see I needed to buy to potentially help with just... I don't know, helping me feel like a a human again. Um, So about a month or two into my recovery, I'd finally gotten into kind of a routine of figuring out what items I needed and how to be helping in my healing process. Um, And I just felt very passionate about being able to provide other moms with these same resources. I was like, I guarantee I'm not the only mom who has entered into postpartum feeling this way and feeling just blindsided by what it looks like and no one preparing you for what it looks like. Um, so that essentially kind of started it. I told my husband, I was like, I think I would really like to try and start making these postpartum kits to be able to give to new moms just with all the items that they could possibly need. Um, Mm -hmm. because not only are they things that you don't know that you need or don't have to plan for, but it's also expensive. It's very expensive having to buy all the items. Um, so I just, it just kind of started from there. Um, and that's just, yeah. So it it was a big part of my heart. I was like, I just want to be able to provide this for moms and that's, that's where it started. And here we are.
0: That's amazing. So what kind of things do you include in the postpartum kits?
1: Yeah. So we've got two different types of kits. We have one for a vaginal delivery, and then we have one for a C-section delivery as well. Um, so each kit has varied items. Some of like some items overlap in the kits, but then they have different mm-hmm. um, specific items for those specific types of deliveries. But for the vaginal item or the vaginal kits, um, we've got it's valued at about $120. So it's a mm-hmm. substantial kit with a lot of different items. We've got like ice pack pads, um, the Freedom Mom brand. We've got a couple of Freedom Mom items in there because it's a really great brand and they've got really great quality products. So we've got the ice pack pads of theirs and then um, disposable underwear that is their disposable underwear. It's so much better than the hospital kind. It's like thicker, stretchier, like so much more comfortable. Um, so it comes That's with four four pairs of those. And then we give um, bags of Epsom salt to be able to take baths to not only just encourage like the physical healing that Epsom salt can can do, but then also just kind of encouraging moms to just take that downtime. Just like, please take baths, like take that time to just rest and sit by, by yourself while you have the chance. Um yeah. comes with um compression socks if you have any swelling. It comes with an upside down peri bottle because those are game changers for anyone who has used them. They're so much better than the the Perry bottle of the hospital leaves you with, you can just throw that in the trash. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's got the upside down Perry bottle. It has some dermoplast, which is like pain and itch spray. So like I personally, like I use that for, I had stitches. And so whenever my stitches were healing, it was like itching terribly. So you just like spray that and it just kind of freezes things and like numbs things down there. And it's fantastic. Um, so it comes with that. And then some flushable wipes since you're not supposed to use toilet paper for the first little bit. Um, trying to think. It comes with, oh, a whole bottle of witch hazel because we give, so it comes also with three different sets of pads. We've got super pads, overnight pads, regular pads, and it's like full packs of these pads. So that way the moms are set up for just all the bleeding you could possibly need. But then also we give the full bottle of witch hazel so that you can make pad sickles. And it comes with instructions on how to make pad sickles because I made probably hundreds of pad sickles in my recovery and they were just Life savers, and it's another wow. thing that you just you don't know is even a thing. So we try to set moms up for success mm-hmm. with that. I think I went through probably three or four bottles of witch hazel. Like I made so many pad sickles. Wow. Um, yeah. So and I, think, I love that and term. It's, yeah, it's they're so great. If you if you're not familiar with it, it's literally no. a pad, and then you put witch hazel on there. You just kind of like pour it all over the pad. And Ah, then sometimes you can put like an essential oil or some aloe vera. There's a couple different items, but even just the witch hazel. And then you kind of fold the pad back up and then you put it in the freezer. And then once, you know, it's in there for like an hour or so, then you're able to take it out and you just stick it in your underwear and it just, it's healing and also just so cooling and so relieving down there. So then it's, and it's discreet too, because the ice pack pads that it comes with, you know, they're bigger, they're bulkier, kind of like the hospital. So like, you're not going to go to the store wearing those. That's not very comfortable. (laughs) But (laughs) the the, pad sickles, you can just stick in there and you're like, oh, this is no one knows that I've got some relief Amazing. down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then a couple of other um, of the items have witch hazel in them. Also there's like a witch hazel healing foam, a witch hazel, some pad liners. There's just there's so many incredible mm-hmm. items, a face mask to also just kind of encourage just some self care and just a good variety. We also, we try to provide each mom with um, one of our t-shirts that has our logo on it. And then it says you are so loved on the t-shirts. Um, and then also a onesie for the little baby as well. That's kind of matches. It also says you are so loved on the onesie. Um, here recently, we haven't been able to provide all of the moms with those because our funding has been a little shorter than we wanted it to be. So we haven't been able to buy more shirts and onesies currently. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're where some boxes get them if you're in the right size, but several sizes we've run out of. So we haven't been able to include those, but we're hoping next year, once our budget is kind of uh-huh. getting ramped up a little bit more, we'll be able to start including those again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, I love that. I mean, and I can imagine like receiving that. I mean, obviously for all the physical, physical comfort and everything, but I love also how you have those reminders and the mental health aspect and the self-care aspect, because it really is so isolating. I know for me, like I felt so isolated um, during that postpartum time yeah. and to know that there's this community that like, like just, packaged all this stuff just for me and my baby. That's just so heartwarming. And I feel like so helpful um, mentally for that boost that you need with that lack of sleep and the the Mm -hmm. crazy hormones that are shifting all over the place.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just what our our goal with the kit, you know, it started out being able to just provide these physical items, but it really yeah. is just about so much of just we want the moms to feel supported, we want them to feel loved, we want them to know yeah. that like they're not in this alone and we are providing this substantial not only just the items but then I th- in the kit, it comes with a welcome letter that includes three free counseling sessions that they're able to take up anytime that first year of postpartum also. So that way it kind of encourages them in that sense as well. So we've really tried to really hone in on not just, hey, here's this box of items. Good luck. It's, hey, here's this box of items to get you through right now. But then we're also going to be with you moving forward if you need us in any sort of way also.
0: Sure. And that truly is moms loving moms. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you're having like a village in itself just from that. And Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. And I know y'all are local to the Nashville area and you have like packing days and, um, mm-hmm. but is there anything like that we can do virtually? Like, is there any way we can like donate if you feel that, um, you know, the calling to do so?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyone is welcome to donate on our website at any time. It's just momslovingmoms.com. You can go on there and donate. We also have a Venmo. It's just at moms moms. Um So if you feel called to it, if anyone is wanting to be involved but is not local and is not able to really come to anything, they can get involved in that way. Um, we also have a conference coming up in October. It's a postpartum conference. So for any expecting parent, both moms and dads, it's going to have an- some incredible speakers on just Such a variety of different topics preparing people for postpartum. Um, So we've got that for anyone who's not local, but who is still wanting to get involved in that sense, if they're wanting the educational or the support um, portion of it, then they can get involved. It's October 12th and 13th. And you can follow us on our social medias and we'll be updating more about that as well.
0: That's great, and I'll post all those links on the show notes too, so our listeners can access that. And remind yeah. me again. So you said October. What day is again? Is it's it twelfth?
1: The twelfth and thirteenth is a Thursday and a Friday. Okay. All it's right. a live great. conference, but then anyone who purchases the ticket, even if you aren't able to attend live, you can get a recording later on.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, so even if you aren't available those days, you can mm-hmm. you can access it when you can.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Okay. Well, that's amazing, Um, Beth. I really, that's just so inspiring, I feel like. Um, And I'm so glad that you're helping moms in the Mm -hmm. area. Now, Beth, I noticed on your website, um, you define perinatal. As one of the most vulnerable life-changing seasons in a woman's life. Mm. And you also state that there's a time frame that varies for each woman. And I think mm. that's so important because it is so individual. Yeah. Um, and you also state that pregnancy and postpartum aren't talked about enough, which I wholeheartedly agree. Can you tell us more about um about all of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think with the, you know, it being a time frame that's different for everyone, I think that's such an important thing to recognize, because I mm-hmm. think, especially going into it your first time, and you aren't super aware of postpartum or super educated on postpartum, we tend to just kind of hear just, I don't know, basics of like, oh, postpartum depression, uh, the six week checkup. So we kind of get it in, the, in our minds, like, okay, once we've get, gotten to the six week checkup, then if we're doing okay, then we're in the clear, everything's great, nothing is going to happen. And that's absolutely not true because we actually, there can be an onset of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or OCD. Like there's so many symptoms and so Mm -hmm. many things that can happen even four, five, six months into postpartum. Really anytime that first year is still considered to be postpartum. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. once you're, you know, even if you're three months, you're like, well, I'm not postpartum anymore because such a, you know, a certain amount of time has passed. But if you're in that first year, you're still considered postpartum, you know, your hormones can take that long to really even get close to back to normal. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think just educating women on the fact that it can absolutely take a toll even six months in and not to not to cause any fear or, you know, cause any issues of like, well, I'm fine now. But what if I'm not fine later? But just being able to recognize, you know, if I am starting to have symptoms, Farther in than I thought I would being able to say, okay, maybe this could be postpartum related rather than kind of checking off like, oh, this probably has nothing to do with postpartum because I'm, you know, such a long time past having my baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually just having a conversation with a friend this morning. She had texted me asking, she's four months postpartum and she was Mm -hmm. asking, she's like, is it like, is postpartum depression possible to start showing up four months in. I was like, absolutely. Like, even yeah, if you were no. fine the first couple of months, like you can still start experiencing these things later on. And so many moms just don't, don't realize that or haven't been told that or have just been misinformed.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Cause it really is like, I, I feel like it, with the lack of sleep, the hormone shifting and all of that. I I honestly, I don't even know when I felt back to myself, but I know it was a, a very long time. Like, a, a, yeah, at least a year with um, just feeling somewhat even back to, okay, yeah. this is who I am. Like, um, you know, it, we all are given the name of mom once we have the baby, but we also have so much more to us, like we have our, like I'm Valerie or Beth, and like I felt more like Valerie, like at mm-hmm. least after a year. But like, and I think that's a good point of like not, you know, waiting around for oh, is this depression or or anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like not being like scared of it, but just recognizing that oh, it could be something that is um, definitely possible. And so many, I don't know what the statistics are, but it's it's so much and. I, I don't know when, with my doctor's appointments, I mean, all of my um, providers have been amazing, but it's just, we just don't have time, I feel like, in the healthcare mm-hmm. field to, like, you have that checklist, and then it's like, okay, well, check the boxes, and and that's it, and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I feel like we almost um, feel rushed, where it's like, well, maybe I do want to talk some more about this, but I don't know if there's time for it, and yeah. um, so reaching out to, you know, friends and trusted, trusted friends, family members, and... Um, mm-hmm. So now I really feel like for me, um, with my second in particular was when I started talking to a perinatal counselor, Mm, um, which I'm so glad I did that. I mean, like all the, um, like everything else I was doing was helpful, but perinatal counselor really, um, I think pointed out these things of, Mm -hmm. okay, you're in your postpartum period. Cause yeah, it was the same. I think I was like five months postpartum.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and I just was, I I struggled more with anxiety, a little bit of OCD, but, um, I was constantly thinking, you know, the worst case scenario or asking questions to myself and not, nothing was ever enough, like Mm -hmm. reassurance. So it, it was like this in my mind, this, um, constant, um, thinking in my mind. So the mm-hmm. counselor had said, you know, what is the next right thing? Like, just if that's even brushing your teeth, like just do that. And yeah. I felt like that was a baby step, but it was a helpful step to get me out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I- I'm just really thankful for that, uh, support mm-hmm. during the journey. Yeah. Um,
1: no. Yeah, well, and, and having Sorry. somebody who is perinatal trained too, I think is so important. Yes. I think, you know, there's a difference between someone experiencing depression, someone experiencing anxiety and someone experiencing postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I think being informed and aware of the hormonal factor that is postpartum, I think can be so crucial and important when it comes to seeking out a professional within that time frame. But yeah. I was a similar, I, with my first I really didn't have any, I don't know, like mental symptoms. It really was just all the physical recovery that I struggled with my first. And then with my Mm -hmm. second, I I actually struggled with pregnancy depression. I experienced Mm -hmm. depression Mm -hmm. all throughout pregnancy where I was just like sobbing so much. And I remember trying to go to my doctor at one of my doctor's appointments. And I mentioned, because, you know, they always check in to see how you're doing. And I mentioned, I was like, I've just been really sad. Like, just abnormally, like, yeah, just not how I usually am. And I recognize like to an extent that's normal because your hormones are just all over the place. Um, and it was, it was just kind of brushed off. It was like, oh, well, have you, you know, you could take some vitamin D. Have you been going outside, getting in the sun type things? And she was due in January. So like a lot of my pregnancy was there towards the end. It was like, you know, it was in cold months. It was in kind of like the the more depressing season anyways. But mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I was so discouraged by just the lack of sympathy or the lack of taking it seriously and I feel like moms are so often met with that it's like oh well you know try to do this because you know there are so many appointments and you're just trying to get through one person to the next person to the next Mm -hmm. person so being able to have a professional to just really be able to meet with that you are intentionally meeting with to talk through like what you're experiencing and that is trained and wanting to help you I think is so so important and being able to get that help early on too because in my head I was like okay I, I know like once I have her, my hormones will level out and everything will be fine. I'll be feeling better. And then once I'd gotten the training that I did, I realized well, that's absolutely not the case. Because if you haven't been working on your mental health, if you haven't been getting the help that you needed, then your depression doesn't just go away. It kind of, you know, then once you have the baby, your hormones go on this completely different roller coaster and then it continues. And so then it continued with postpartum depression because it went from the depression I was experiencing pregnancy wise that I never did anything about. And I was just so ready to get her out because I was like, it's fine. I'll feel fine and I'll feel normal after that. And that wasn't the case. And so I think just Mm -hmm. the continued education on the different the different things that can happen and how to talk about it and who to talk to about it is so important.
0: Yes, that's such a great point. How wh- what would you recommend like if you don't know where to start with obtaining like, a perinatal counselor or like is there mm. should you talk to your healthcare provider or search online or mm. what would be the first step?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think, honestly, I think you can, you can Google and find quite a few online. I think just making sure whenever you are seeking someone out, just cause they, a lot of times people will, will put, you know, pregnancy or postpartum in their specialties and just kind Mm -hmm. of really checking in on like, okay, is that just you like working with that population or have you been educated in that population seeing like, what, what are your actual specialties? Like, is that something that you have received training in? I think can be, and not to say that if you haven't, you can't be helpful because you absolutely can. It's better to see someone better than no one. Um, but I think just whenever you are seeking out someone, just being able to kind of do your research and see, okay, what, why are they listing this as their, as their specialty and really just even just seeking in general, just postpartum depression counselor, or I don't know, and not just seeking someone that, you know, specializes in depression, trying to find someone who focuses solely on moms and motherhood and pregnancy and depression and has that as part of their, um, experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. and. Yeah. Uh, You have also on your website, I noticed you do group sessions. Is that something um, you want to talk a little bit about?
1: Yeah. So it's actually I so I've tried doing groups a couple of times Uh um, and, and I haven't actually had any moms sign up for the groups. It has not actually been successful group counseling but I think it could Mm -hmm. be such a such a beneficial area because I have heard of other other areas who have done group counseling that can be so beneficial so my idea with the sessions that I was trying to to put together was Mm -hmm. to be able to have moms in similar life stages so I think the first one that I was hosting was I think just zero to 12 weeks so just the very new early onset moms which is also such a small demographic and such a small population so it's difficult to like Find the right moms that are in that area that are also interested in it. But I think gaining that community and gaining moms in your like very similar stage and being able to talk through like what you're experiencing and see what other moms are experiencing, being able to see what's normal while also having a professional to kind of be... I don't know, educating them within the mix. So it's not just getting together with friends and talking through all these things. It's being able to talk through it and see everybody's experiences, but also being able to be provided with tools and resources and, okay, how can we work through this and how can we help each other manage this rather than just, yeah, I'm depressed. I'm feeling depressed too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the, the idea of it. I actually haven't tried to host another one. Um, it's been a little while, but I do plan on having those again in the future because I think they would be really beneficial. I'm just trying to figure out the right the right demographic to where it is received and where people actually do show up because I think that's something I have realized with moms also is we very much we put ourselves on the back burner. So even if it is something that's like that would be great for me, if it costs any money or if it's going to take time away from our kids or time away from our husbands Mm -hmm. or anything, it's like, well, I'm you know, I'll wait, I'll do that later. It's not that important. And so yeah. being able mm-hmm. to really advocate for the moms and help them recognize like, this is important for you to be doing this for yourself, to be able to best yeah. take care of your kids and best take care of your marriage.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that would be a wonderful, like I, I think so many moms would benefit from that. I agree. And, um, well, I hope that you're able to find that right demographic and yeah. I think Um, I also noticed that, um, if you don't mind sharing, it sounds like, um, you also are working with your husband too on um, combining practices as well. Is that right? Yes.
1: Yes. So he just recently, um, completed or he's, he's basically done with his schooling in, um, pastoral counseling as well. He's been working on that the past two years. Um, he Uh just has a couple of case studies that he needs to write. Um, and so, we have talked about combining practices. He's felt very called to work with couples. I have never felt called to work with couples. I know that's not my area. Um, So he has started his practice the past few months, just kind of getting the feelers out. hey, I'm about to be done with school. I'm about to start, you know, seeing people. And then after we're talking through it, we were like, you know, it'd be really great if we could just kind of combine that way. It's just a, you know, we have a variety of, you know, I see, I see mostly women. I do see some men, but not very often. I see mostly women. I've got certain demographics, and then I have him to refer any couples to, and he sees individuals as well. But he'll see more men and have a little bit of a different focus. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we just did that this week of just deciding, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna combine, and we're able to kind of advertise together which is really awesome and I'm excited to have him just join in and the counseling world
0: <laughs> that's very exciting that's yeah. awesome I'm I'm yeah. so happy for you guys thank and you remind me so it uh, sounds like you do all Virtual as well as in
1: person, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had been so before COVID, I'd had an in person. I'd started in person, and then COVID happened. So then we went virtual for a, you know a brief period of time, and I really loved it. And so I yeah. stuck with virtual up until this year. So for a good two years, I was only doing virtual, um, and really didn't know if I wanted to go back in person. I was I was mm-hmm. loving it being you know this is my my home office. It's very comfortable. It's convenient, especially with having young kids. It's so nice being able to just kind of go in in and out and see my kids in between sessions and be able to have those breaks with them. Um, right. But then this year we did decide to kind of get a a space for anybody who was interested in in-person. There for a while nobody really cared to be coming in-person um, so mm-hmm. it really wasn't an issue and it wasn't something that I felt like I needed. But this year more people have been a little bit more interested and especially with moms too. I feel like it's kind of... I don't know. It's a hit or miss with moms there. It's either convenient to meet virtually. So that works best for them. Or they're like, please get me out of my house so that I can have some privacy to be able to talk. So sometimes having them come in person can be helpful. So then they don't have the distraction of the kids pulling on them or trying to do it during nap time or, you know, all the, all the fun obstacles of that. So yeah, we do have a a space in person that we, that we offer limited sessions as well.
0: That's great. And you had also mentioned a, a bit about um, you do trauma and um, trauma counseling, and um, as well as specializing in temperament. Um, mm. Can you talk some more about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, probably a good like year, maybe less than a year into my counseling practice, I realized, you know, trauma just kind of shows up in mm-hmm. everything. Almost everyone has. Some form of trauma, whether that be the specific thing you're coming to counseling for or if it just kind of has impacted you. So I realized pretty quickly on that trauma was something that I needed to be a little bit more educated on and figuring out how to best help people heal and how to best just give them practical tools even um, in working through the trauma that does show up in, in sessions um, mm-hmm. So I went through an intensive training that was like a, I think it was like a two day training um, on just how to, it taught you a lot about the brain and just kind of how trauma works and how your brain functions. And it was very yeah. practical and so interesting. Um, so now I'm able to work with clients and I'm not going to say I'm a trauma professional. I actually, like, I'm not an expert in it, but I feel like I have a, a good foundation and understanding of how it, how it impacts us and how to just even start to help other people understand that too. Um, so being able to just kind of make it aware of like, this is, this is what has happened. And this is why you are behaving the way you are. This is why your brain is thinking the way that it is. So, Then working through what we need to do to start working or changing how you have been thinking and changing those thought patterns and recognizing like you don't have to stay stuck in this like we can work through this we can heal from this but it's going to take time and it's going to take intentionality and I think Mm -hmm. also just offering that space for people to realize that they need to process things or that they need to talk through things I know especially with like with moms um, whether it be a traumatic birth experience or if their child was in the NICU or just anything that. Wasn't planned or that was very unexpected and not what they what they imagined the you know first month of their child being in the in the world um, looking like. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for us to just kind of you know we're just in this survival mode while it's going on and we're just kind of doing what we have to do to to make it work and to just take care of our child and it's it's very easy to just push it down. It's just this is just a time that was stressful. But like, I'm not giving my time to think I'm not giving myself the time to think on it. It's not I'm not giving myself the time to really process it. And, you know, another tendency with moms is just, you know, it's, we are on the back burner. It's my my feelings are down here. I don't have time to think about my feelings. I don't have time to, to process this. It's fine. Um, So even just giving them that space to just recognize, like, we can talk through that experience. Like, we can work through that. We can express what you were feeling and, you know, any sort of frustration, any sort of anger, any sort of fear, any sort of sadness. Like, let's just talk through it so that you're giving yourself the freedom and just like allowing yourself to to process that I think can be so healing in itself. A lot of times just, you don't have to just hide it. Like we can recognize that we can recognize that it was difficult or that it was not what you planned and that it was stressful. And I think the more we're able to, to work through it, even in just that sense of just acknowledging it can be so healing and can help us move forward. Cause if we don't, then we don't realize how much that that sort of thing can impact us moving forward. So just, working through it so that moving forward it doesn't show up in ways that we didn't intend for it to. A lot of times that's what happens if we if we just leave something alone thinking it'll go away, it doesn't go away. It keeps showing up.
0: Yeah. That reminds me, I know like when I was doing the perinatal counseling, like I it had a similar thing where I, you know, had NICU um with mm. my first child and mm. I I do think like I didn't process those feelings. And then the second time around like I, I just didn't recognize that, okay, like this was from unprocessed feelings from yeah. my first and now here it is showing up, which I didn't, I did not expect it to show up in the way that it did. And um, my counselor helped me recognize that. And it was like putting my feelings to names and like labeling mm-hmm. them.
1: That yeah. it was so
0: helpful. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like for me, um, like even like draw like I, I don't know if I can say what I experienced with trauma, but if I draw it out, that can help me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I know yeah. everyone's different with that, but it is so. Um, I think so much. I agree. Like so many of us have trauma, but we just don't. You know, we we don't even know it exists. Or it, like mm-hmm. part of living is we. There are events that. We just don't know how to, I guess, uh, our brain doesn't know how to comprehend them and how do we work through them when it shows up later
1: on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and even just being able to help give practical tools or even yeah. breathing techniques or grounding techniques to just help, you know, especially when anxiety is showing up or if you're having panic yeah. attacks because of things, just let's let's practically figure out how to help manage these things. You don't have to just live in that because of an experience that you had.
0: Absolutely. I think sometimes it seems like I'm almost time traveling, like when that's happening, like I'm not in the present. I'm either in the past or I'm in the future mm-hmm. of anxiety. And my my kids, though, and my spouse and all that, they're in the present. Present. And in order to meet them in the present, like how do I ground myself now? Like, yeah,
1: that absolutely. breathing
0: and all that, like um, yeah, help so yourself important.
1: feel a little bit more in control of yeah. of the emotions and of the feelings rather than letting the feelings control you.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and. As far as uh, temperament, now remind me. I, I I remember hearing that, like with babies and stuff. Is that kind of like what the temperament you're talking about, or how? What mm-hmm. kind of temperament stuff do you work with with moms?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the program that I went through to get my licensure, so I went through the the National Christian Counseling Association, or the NCCA, mm-hmm. and they focus heavily on just incorporating temperament and basically counseling out of understanding how that person is wired. Um, okay. I didn't realize that whenever I went into the program, I had no idea that temperament had anything to do with what I was going to be learning, but it was, it was actually really fascinating. So it, it, it's talking about the five basic temperaments. Um, so it's got the, the supine, the choleric, the melancholy, the phlegmatic, and, um, the sanguine. So Mm -hmm. it's five different temperaments And the, we approach it with the idea that temperaments are placed in you, in your mother's womb and they don't change over time. So everyone has different temperaments and you can have a blend of temperaments. So it breaks it down into the areas of inclusion, control, and affection. So you can be different temperaments in all of those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so essentially the way that it can show up and can be helpful to identify is our temperaments are things that are placed in us from, you know, whenever we're being created and they don't change where our personality is something that we can create ourselves and that can be molded based on our environment and um, just the way we were raised and things like that. And so it can Work out where our personality can actually clash with our temperament, which mm. causes some chaos and causes anxiety or causes stress that we don't really understand. So, a, a simple example would be, you know, if you have some temperament that is more um, in introverted, so you are a little bit more introverted internally, but you kind of created this extroversion. Um, personality for yourself because you were raised around a lot of extroverts or you just like knew people that were extroverts. So you're like, oh, I like that. So I'm going to make myself that or, you know, I want to be a people person. So then you think that, oh, I'm this extroverted person and I love people. But then whenever you are realizing, like why am I so exhausted all the time whenever I'm hanging out with people? Like, why do I not just get energized? Because actual Extroverts get energized by being with people, but introverts, as we know, like they get exhausted and they need to recharge. And so being able to recognize like, oh, my temperaments are actually kind of clashing, like I need to be able to recharge because that's my natural tendency. That's my natural need. And so mm-hmm. it can be helpful to just kind of recognize how how we were created and what is actually like innately in us versus what we've kind of tried creating for ourselves um, and yeah. seeing how that can impact just how we respond to things and certain weaknesses that we have or strengths. And it's very interesting whenever you you really look, look into it. Um, but being able to know that foundation can be helpful with moving forward too. Just I think a lot of times whenever I counsel people, it's very common where they are just like, I just want to understand myself better I want to understand why I do this I want to understand why I think this way or because you know I'm different than my friend or I'm different than my boyfriend why do I not respond that way so it can be really helpful just like well let's let's learn a little bit more about that like let's take this test let's figure out what these results are and mm-hmm. see how those could be impacting you or how we could be um, implementing those to just better understand oh that's why this is happening or that's why your tendency is to do that
0: yeah absolutely that's fascinating
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. I was very intrigued by it. And I don't utilize it all the time. It's not something that I do with every single client. It's not mandatory or anything. But with certain clients, if it is seeming like something that would be beneficial, it's nice being able to to utilize it.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, Beth, so I... I will make sure that we have all the information in our show notes so our listeners can follow you. Is there, I know that we have your counseling website as well as Moms Loving Moms website. Um, Is there anything else you would like for me to include for our listeners or is that a, a good place to get all the information we talked about?
1: Yeah, really. The websites and um, an Instagram or Facebook. I have, um, especially for moms loving moms related things. We're going to post most stuff on on the Instagram and on our Facebook page, um, and that's okay. just you can just find us, moms loving um, moms. And then I also have mm-hmm. a, I have an Instagram and a Facebook for my counseling, but I don't utilize it a whole lot. So my website will be the the best form for getting in contact with me there.
0: Okay, great. So I'll post the uh, Instagram and Facebook page for moms loving moms and uh, the rest of the information we talked about and. Um, okay. Beth, it was such a pleasure talking with you today. I really appreciate yeah. your time and I am so thankful and thank you so much for everything you do for us moms. We really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's an honor to be able to do it. It's an absolute privilege and I appreciate you having me on here. I'm happy to, happy to be able to talk about it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.